Welcome to the Psych Yourself Up podcast. I'm your host, Sharon B, and I'm a training clinical psychologist. In these weekly episodes, we aim to demystify psychological concepts so you can apply them to real life. In today's podcast, we're going to look at screen time. What are the effects of screen time? Why are we on our phones so much? And how can we use psychology to reduce the amount we spend online? Now, when I was looking into this, I was shocked because I know that I'm really bad on my phone. I mean, my screen time has gone up so much, especially during COVID. But the average UK person spends up to 6.4 hours a day on the internet using any device. So it could be a phone, a tablet, a laptop, whatever it is. But that's almost the same amount as an average shift at work. And this doesn't even include watching TV. This is just internet use, which just blew my mind. And so we know that we spend a lot of time on it and we do know that it's not the best for our mental health and even our physical health. But I thought I'd go through some of the research that I came across. There was an association between high levels of screen time and anxiety, depression, and even suicidal behaviours, which the last part I was pretty shocked about. Studies have also shown that screen time can lower one's ability to read emotions in general. So you can imagine how detrimental this may be to kind of your social interactions with people. It may lead to more conflict in the home. It may make social situations more anxiety provoking. So overall, it's not great for our social health. It has also been found to overload our senses. It reduces our ability to focus and messes completely with our attention span. And it can create a comparison trap in the way that we're scrolling, we're seeing pictures of people who we may or may not know, and then we're comparing our lives to their lives, which tends to lead to feelings of anxiety and low mood. Um, when we compare ourselves to other people, we tend to look at the um, the difference between us and the person that, that we're viewing. So in terms of our physical health, Being on screens all day can hurt our eyes, our ears, our neck, our shoulders, our back, our wrists and our forearms, the whole lot. So when you think about it, screens aren't good for our eyes. It's very harsh light, so it can lead to eye problems. Also our neck and back, because of the position that we're holding our phones in or on our laptops, it can be really um, straining and that's where we get this term text neck. Something that we have all heard um, is that screen time interferes with getting a good night's sleep. Now, I'll let you know why this is, um, and it's down to the blue light. So, blue light actually interferes with our circadian rhythm or our internal body clock, and this then confuses the body in terms of when to sleep and when to wake up. So, if we use our gadgets at night, we're being exposed to this blue light, which is then telling our bodies that, hey, you need to wake up, it's not night time yet. And so, that can be really problematic for if you're trying to get a good night's sleep. The light can also decrease the amount of melatonin which the body produces and melatonin is a hormone that helps us to sleep so that means that we're not going to get into a deep sleep as quickly and also another way that it will interfere our sleep is if you have your notifications on but I'm sure, I'm hoping you all sleep with your phone on silent at least. And finally at a neuropsychological level screens actually rewire our brain in a bad way. Studies have found that too much screen time can change our brain functionality. Anything that the brain is engaged in for three hours or more per day that's considered highly stimulating, like being on devices, will actually rewire our brain circuitry. And so we know that the average person is spending almost double that in the UK alone. So that's gonna be problematic. Basically, the brain has to adapt to the new cyber environment by growing new neural pathways. And 
there's this term in neuropsychology which is um, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, so if you're not using other neural pathways, then those are going to slowly be pruned away. So it literally causes your brain to lose some of that volume. And this then will affect your abilities to plan, prioritise, manage your impulses and develop compassion for others. So this is all of your frontal lobe functioning. So again, it slows down your cognition, which is something that we do not want. And a study, this was with children, but I find it so interesting, is that time spent on screens decreases brain connectivity, whereas reading a book does the exact opposite. Now, I would love to know whether reading a book like via a Kindle would be any different, because obviously that's a digital device, but maybe it is just the act of like reading something. But then I guess we do read articles on our phone, so I'm not I'm not too sure about that one. Now, why do we spend so much time on screens? Because we know they're not good for us. And there's this general frustration around, oh, like my partner's always on his phone or my child, like I can't get them off their, their laptop or their tablet. So there is this sense of people knowing it's not good for them and not wanting to be on phone so much. So why do we keep going back to it? And one of the main theories that I came across was about dopamine. So dopamine is a neurotransmitter in our brain. It's known to be linked with reward. Now, when we first got our smartphones or our tablets or our laptop, we probably did some of the things that made us feel good. So we started like messaging old friends on Facebook. We started reading nice messages from our family or our friends and even getting the validation from, from a notification. So all of these activities caused the release of dopamine. So going back to the idea that dopamine is a neurotransmitter that makes us feel good, our brains are designed to release dopamine when we do something that meets a survival need like eating or even having sex. Studies have shown that screen activity causes the release of dopamine in our brains which make us feel aroused, motivated and happy. So in those first few months of using screens we probably did like a few boring things that didn't really give us those exciting happy feelings but then when we did something that prompted the release of dopamine our brain started to notice a pattern which was ah oh, if I use this device if I go onto my laptop, if I go onto my phone, then I will get this dopamine boost. And so our brain naturally craves dopamine. So it starts to crave our phone, which it makes, it makes sense. And then another theory is to do with social connectedness. Just like dopamine, humans have an innate desire to be around people, to seek out relationships and maintain them. It's, it's so important evolutionary in terms of making sure that our physical needs were, were met and that we were safe. But also when you think about it, we also need input from others to, to make us understand what is culturally appropriate behaviour. And so this is one of the main ways that we achieve meaningful long-term relationships and a sense of identity. So when you think about it, social media does that, especially posting pictures. So... Smartphones especially and social media provide us with a platform to carry out our innate need for human connection, which is basically a feature of human evolution that comes way before our use of screens, but you can see why we have such a strong desire to be on our phones when it taps into such basic human needs. Now, screens aren't all bad. 
I mean, I have learnt so much from being online. The fact that I can Google a recipe from the other side of the world in a second is amazing. The fact that I can connect with my family here in the Philippines is incredible. So obviously there are perks, and I don't want to dismiss that. But obviously for the purpose of this podcast, um, we're focusing, unfortunately, on all of the negative sides. So, and, and, and generally, I think we all could do with a little less screen time because... I'd say the majority of the time I'm not doing something that is helpful or something that is in line with my values. So here are some of the things that we can do to reduce our time on our screens. So like with any goal, it needs to be smart. And I went through this in episode one, along with something else called implementation intentions, which I think could also be helpful in this context. So basically the idea of smart goals is that they're specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and timely. So make sure that your goals around screen time are all of those things. And then also implementation intentions are the idea that you have an if-then rule. So if I want to go on my phone, then I will read a book instead, for example. But again, if you want to hear more about those two concepts, then head over to the first episode. But that's where we should probably start off, right, is, is having a goal in mind. And the great thing is about smartphones and laptops and most screen devices is that you can check how much time you're spending a day, which means that it's very easy to track. And so what you would obviously want to see is that over time, you're using it less and less and less. Now, when we think about dopamine and the brain, I think sometimes it can make us feel a bit hopeless, maybe, because people think, oh, it's my brain, like, I can't, I can't rewire that, that's so hard, I'm trapped. But actually, no. So our brain is always growing, always changing through something called neuroplasticity. Our brains are always changing and evolving. It's a beautiful, beautiful structure. And it's, it's incredible. A lot of the time, we reach for our phones unconsciously, out of habit, driven by this dopamine. So if we can increase our awareness, then that is a great place to start. And I mean our awareness of when we pick up our phone. And you'll be surprised how often you pick up your phone without even meaning to and without even knowing why. So one way to increase awareness is through mindfulness. Again, a very, very popular activity that everyone and their dog has been advised to engage with. But mindfulness doesn't have to be meditation. Mindfulness is being in the present moment. So it could be things like going to the gym, but being really present on how your body is feeling, how the weights feel when you pick them up, or how your breath is sounding when you're running. It doesn't just have to be sitting down listening to a recording. Or you can even do things like drawing or colouring is very mindful when you are focusing in on the colours, the textures, the, the lines and the shapes that you're making. So try something mindful, try to do more mindful activities. Once you are more able to be aware of yourself, on your phone, then you can ask yourself why? Why am I reaching for my phone right now? Am I reaching for it because I absolutely need it? Is it, am I about to do something that is in line with my values, such as connecting with someone or learning about a new skill? Or am I being mindful and saying, huh, I need a break, like I'm using this to give me some downtime, which is okay, phones aren't bad for that, but is there a rationale behind you picking up your phone or are you on autopilot and is dopamine driving you so I think that is one of the key places to start and this has really personally helped me another thing to be mindful of is this idea of social connectedness while our phones are amazing at that we need to be mindful of whether we're actually connecting with someone in a valuable way 
or if we're just scrolling through their photos and their timeline. So if we're doing the latter, then maybe we need to think about, okay, if it's social connectedness that I'm looking for, then could I drop them a text? Could I call them? Could I FaceTime them, you know? Can you connect with them in another way that isn't so disconnected? Because really, you're not gaining that full potential of social connectedness. Studies have also shown that automated procedures to manage screen time are more helpful than just monitoring. So we need to utilise things like downtime, screen time limits and apps like Flora. I love, love, love Flora. It helps me so much, especially at work, when I'm doing my assignments, things like that. So it's an app where you grow this virtual tree and if you go on your phone, if you tap away from this app and if you close the app down then you kill this virtual tree and for some reason I feel horrific whenever I kill a tree and I rarely ever do it so once that timer is on I am focused so do what works for you you could even set just a timer on your phone and and you need to experiment I think is the main thing some other research has shown that changing your environment can actually be more helpful than trying to form habits outright. So by this, I mean, could you put your laptop and your phone away in a drawer while you're reading? Could you set a specific time um, in the evening where you put your devices away? Things like that. Um, or you could even have like a no screen zone in your house maybe like if you have a study or even like a corner of the living room maybe where like okay no phones are allowed here or no screens are allowed here because studies have shown that change your environment can be more helpful and also if you're one of the people who has a television in their bedroom maybe think about removing that. So I hope those tips are kind of helpful for you. I know that they've definitely helped me, especially the one about being more aware of your phone usage and being more mindful of it and asking those questions. So just to recap, I know screens aren't all bad, that's not what I'm saying, but they have been linked to anxiety, depression, suicidal behaviours, physical health problems, and changes to our brain circuitry. So we spoke about why we spend so much time on screens and thought about the dopamine theory where using screens gives us a hit of dopamine and our brain craves dopamine naturally. So it started to crave screens as well. We also spoke about social connectedness and how our screens, especially our phones, are great for that. So again, it being a basic human need, we look to our phones and our tablets and anything that will connect us to others. And then in thinking about what we can do to reduce our screen time, we spoke about increasing our awareness through things like mindfulness, thinking about how we can connect with others in a different way. And we also spoke about automating procedures to make reducing screen time easier through things like screen limits and also changing our environment. So thank you all so much for listening today. This one has been a very helpful one for myself. You can follow me over on Instagram at Sharon B. Psych. And until next time, guys, I will speak to you later. Bye.